Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R slash at liquidiv.com. Welcome to r slash true off my chest, where OP discovers that his girlfriend is a genuine psychopath. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Day and Time. My girlfriend has a gift, and I'm terrified. Okay, I know this sounds insane, but I just don't know anymore. I'm a 27-year-old guy, and I've known my 24-year-old girlfriend for around 7 years now, and she's always been a bit... odd. Not in a bad way, but she's very empathetic and too kind for her own good. She also has chronic depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. A few months into us dating, she would do this thing where she would text me to hydrate or eat or stretch or relax my muscles, the works. I didn't think much of it honestly, like those are very common things that people forget to do. Then she got more specific, an example being, hey, pop your left shoulder or it'll start to hurt later tonight. Or she would buy me foods that I was craving without me asking, or send me reassurance when I was feeling low. Even those instances, however, I was able to brush off with ease. Like, what 30-year-old guy doesn't have aches and pains, you know? It was like that for months, and occasionally I'd ask her how she knew I hadn't hydrated all day, or how she knew that I wanted one of my cravings, to which she would always respond with, It's a gift. Cool, huh? I figured she was bluffing and kept getting lucky. Now, I don't think that's the case. Last week, she called off work and rushed over. I asked her why she felt the need to do that, and she said that she felt compelled. An hour later, we got the news that a family member I was close to passed. I have to add that there's no way that she could have known this prior to the call. 
She stayed by my side the rest of the week and confided in me that she was a different religion than I am. She's a Hellenistic pagan and I'm a Baptist. She said that she got the urge to call off work when she was cleaning up her altar. I was a bit shaken up, but ultimately, I was just glad that she was there with me. This weekend, we went to visit her dad. She suggested it because he lives outside of a tourist trap town and we could use a vacation. I agreed, and it was a fantastic trip. On the ride there, she confessed that she doesn't like my job because it's dangerous. Normally, my job isn't that dangerous, but at my shop, we don't have the equipment we need, so we jerry-rig quite a bit. I explained this to her, and she just reiterated that she wants me to be careful. I promised I would, and she dropped it. I tried my best to not tell her about how sketchy it gets sometimes, or that we actually had a workplace incident recently, but the way she talked, it felt like she knew. The drive to the town near her dad's place was anxiety-inducing. We're talking heavy rain, bad drivers, and my car was acting up. Yet, my usually anxious girlfriend with car wreck trauma was unfazed. When I inquired about it at dinner, she said that she knew we wouldn't wreck. I asked how she could possibly know that, and she said, I have a gift, and that I should just trust her on this. It was hard, but I did my best. When I was dropping her off, she warned me to be on the lookout for deer and to drive safe. Those are two somewhat normal statements given where we live, but I didn't think that it meant, hey, there's going to be a deer in the middle of the road, so don't hit it. The next morning, she was gushing about how much she liked our weekend and how much she loved spending time with me, how much we need to do it again, blah, blah, blah. Then she mentions how I need to be careful on the drive there, and lo and behold, there was a wreck on my commute. I got to witness it. At lunch, she asked me if I was okay, and I had just gotten a cut on my arm. I'm a mechanic, so it's common. I asked her if she could stop being so weird and to just chill because life is being weird and I'm not feeling it. She said, okay, but how do you think I feel? I'm just stuck like this. I apologized and she agreed that she would chill and told me that she didn't mean to scare me, but now I'm super weirded out by her. Okay, OP, I don't think this is anything supernatural or paranormal or weird at all. Honestly, I think this is just a super, super caring and loving girlfriend. If you have a super empathetic partner, then in a lot of ways, they know you better than you know you. So, like, when you say, I try not to tell her about how dangerous my job is, and then she warns you about your dangerous job, what probably is going on here is that she knows you so well that she understands when you're trying to hide the truth from her. So when you say, don't worry, babe, my job is totally safe, she reads you like an effing book, dude, and she knows you're lying, so she thinks, okay, it's actually quite dangerous, and I should warn him to be safe. And you're like, oh my god, how could she know that it's actually dangerous? It's because she loves you, dude. She knows your tells. She knows what you're like. Like, for me, I have really, really bad self-awareness when it comes to, like, swings in my emotional state. When I get really happy, it takes me a while to realize that I'm happy. And when I get really sad or stressed, it takes me some time to be like, okay, you know what? Actually, I'm quite stressed. And, <laughs> and my wife would be like, Dabney, you're stressed. I'm like, I'm not stressed. I feel fine. Then two days later, I'm like, you're right. I've been stressed for two days. Because she knows my tells better than I do. Dude, you're not dating some sorceress or a witch. You're just dating a sweet girl who loves you. Stop sabotaging your relationship, especially because, more than likely, your girlfriend probably knows about this post. Our next Reddit post is from a side of fries. I slept with a girl who's revealed to me something extremely disturbing. 
I've been chatting with this girl. I don't know that I necessarily saw a future with her, but we got along. We started hooking up, and while we weren't exclusive or labeled as official, we were getting close to being in a relationship. She would sleep over from time to time, and I'd stay at her place too. And this is where it all unraveled. We spent the evening together at her place and decided that I'd stay the night. She showered and got ready for bed before me because I decided to shave my beard and the cleanup took a bit of time. I showered and I was finishing up when I started to hear her giggling and laughing hysterically in bed. I couldn't hear what she's watching because of the bathroom fans, so I figured she was watching something funny. This keeps going on for a while. And I'm laughing too because she has this contagious laugh. So I'm eager to plop into bed with this girl and see what's so funny. But it wasn't funny. It was straight up not safe for life gore videos of terrorists torturing and shooting captives. Live League style or people falling off a building, gang tortures, etc. Now, I've seen all this stuff before out of morbid curiosity, and videos like that make me a bit more cautious about life. And it gives me a refreshed appreciation for it, but I don't find it funny. This girl was crying laughing and acted like I shouldn't be surprised. I didn't say anything. I slept with one eye open. That was the last night. I changed the door lock code to my house. I don't know yet how I'm going to end this relationship, but it's happening. And in the small chance that you, the girl that I'm seeing, reads this, you're effing crazy! You know, this is kind of a funny coincidence because my wife likes true crime but she gets spooked when she listens to too much of it. And just last night, for the first time in like a year, she started listening to a true crime podcast. And then <laughs> this morning, she said that she woke up at 5 a.m. and couldn't fall back asleep because she was spooked. I feel like that's a normal response. Her laughing, I, I genuinely can't tell what that's about. It is possible that she's just a straight-up psychopath and she literally lacks empathy. In which case, run, my dude. Because if you're dating someone who doesn't have empathy, then how is she going to treat you in a relationship? How is she going to treat you in a breakup? Or what, is she a sadist? Someone who gets pleasure out of watching people suffer? There's just, I don't see any possible way that this could be a redeeming factor in someone. I can kind of understand being fascinated by the material because it seems like it would appeal to the same part of the brain that likes horror movies or true crime podcasts, but these are real people laughing at real people dying and being tortured. What? What is wrong with you? Dude, honestly, I can't even believe you slept in the same bed with her that night. I would have left immediately. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Boyfriend Pranked Me. I'm a 27-year-old guy. I met my probably soon-to-be ex-boyfriend, Alex, who's 29, two years ago through a mutual friend of ours. I never expected that he'd be interested in me, because when I first met him, he had only been with women. He came out as bisexual to me and our friends not too long after that, and that same night, he hinted that he was into me. We got to know each other more, and it eventually turned into the two of us dating. He's genuinely a sweet and awesome guy quite introverted, but he has a big heart and he's a real geek about the things he likes. I thought that I would marry him, but now I'm thinking that it's not going to happen anymore. Last Monday was my birthday, and I went home early from work so that Alex and I could go out and enjoy ourselves. When I opened the door, I was greeted by him laying on our couch while a woman I didn't know was on top of him. They were fully clothed, by the way. I was basically paralyzed and couldn't react at all. 
He eventually saw me and had a surprised look on his face, but he also looked like he was trying to hold his laughter in. The woman also looked like she was about to laugh as well. I also started to hear chatter from the kitchen and in our bedroom. Alex then shouted, you guys can come out, and so our friends came out of the bedroom and kitchen holding gifts, party poppers, and a cake. I guess them shouting, it's a prank, happy birthday, while turning the party poppers on snapped me back to reality because after they said that, I just quietly turned around and left. I didn't see their reactions when I did that, but I could hear them saying, oh shit, and wait, and some other things that I can't remember. When I heard them try to follow me, I hastened my pace until I reached my car and drove away. While driving, my phone started to get bombarded by texts, calls, and messages from my boyfriend and our friends. When it got too distracting, I just turned off my phone and went to a hotel that's far enough from my place. By the time I got to my hotel room, I just started sobbing on the floor. I think I blacked out from crying because when I woke up, it was already sunny outside. I made sure to tell my team leader that I'd be absent for a few days due to an emergency, and she was kind enough to accept my request. She probably noticed that something was off with me because I was sniffling and my voice sounded weak. Right now, I plan on telling my aunt, who lives near my place, about what happened and asking if I could live with her for a couple of days until I can sort out my mind about what I have to do next. I am deeply heartbroken because I've told my boyfriend and my friends before how I felt about cheating and how it essentially ruined my family growing up and my young mind back then. My mom cheated on my dad and it broke our family and I got cheated on by my first boyfriend. But at the same time, I can't help but feel like I overreacted and that I shouldn't have just went with it all. I still don't plan on opening my phone, so I'm using my laptop right now as I type this. I don't know how to face them after all that's happened. Maybe some time away from them will help, I hope. OP, let's be super clear. This isn't a prank. In a prank, everyone laughs. In this, you were the butt of the joke in a really cruel and vicious way. They're playing on one of your deepest insecurities on your birthday in front of friends and family? That's just, it's cruel. There really isn't another word for it. OP, I don't blame you for wanting to break up. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Grief Wife. I'm considering divorcing my wife because she can't get over her mom dying. Yeah, I know, everyone is fired up at the title and ready to tell me what a butthole I am. To those people, I implore you to read the rest of the post before making a judgment. I'm a 36-year-old man and my wife is 33. Her mother passed away five years ago from lung cancer. It wasn't a peaceful or an easy death. Our lives understandably went on pause after the diagnosis, and we spent a lot of time off work helping to care for her mother. My wife had a pretty typical showing of grief at the time, cycling through different stages. Same thing with our three kids. After she passed, however, my wife got really bad. I totally understand this. I can't say I know exactly what she went through because I haven't had a parent die, but I understand how devastated she was. For months afterwards, she could barely function. I gently took over pretty much all the responsibilities in the household and with the kids. She's been attending grief counseling since the diagnosis and continued after the death. None of this is the problem. I tried to be as supportive as possible. She cried on my shoulder every night for months, and I just thought this was the worst of for better or worse. 
The problem is that after five years, she doesn't seem any better or more functional. She stopped grief counseling about four years ago and refused to do it again, stating that it wouldn't help her and that nothing could. About a month before any major holiday, she'll have a major downturn. She'll be in bed half the day, crying all day, she doesn't want to interact with the family, she doesn't have the energy to do anything around the house, etc. This will go on every single day until about a week after the holiday ends. Every holiday is intense grief, just as much now as it was five years ago. October, November, December, and January, which is her mom's birthday month, every year are particularly bad. During those months, I essentially just don't have my wife. Instead, I'm a single parent to my three kids. Altogether, she's completely incapacitated by grief for about six months out of the year and has been for the past five years. When I say incapacitated, I mean incapacitated. When she's in the depths of her grief, she's completely incapable of intimacy with me or the kids. There's no cuddling, spending time with us, or going on family outings. I don't get to passionately hug my wife for half the year. I've stopped asking her if she wants to talk about it because she can't get any words out between sobs even if she tries. What hurts the most is that the kids have stopped asking or being concerned. If they see their mom in bed when they get home, they just go about their day and they might casually mention, oh, mom is sad today, if their sibling or I ask where she is. They don't really seek affection with her anymore because they rarely get anything more than tears. I've discussed this with therapists, my parents, friends, and I know all the rebuttals people have for this, so let me preempt them. First off, she's unwilling to go back to therapy for grief counseling or to see a doctor for depression. Yes, I know she's severely depressed. I can't force her to go to the doctor. I've tried so much. Yes, it really is just as intense as it was five years ago. No, I never tell her to get over it or blow her off. On my worst days, I just give space and leave her be. Most days, I try to offer her some comforts. If you want to judge me for leaving her alone, whatever. But you should know that I feel like I essentially have caretaker fatigue at this point. No, she doesn't have a history of depression, but she does have ADHD. I don't know if that's relevant. I feel like my wife died when her mom died. I would do anything to get her back, even a small piece of her. But she doesn't seem willing or able to move on past her mom's death. I feel awful for considering a divorce, but I don't know what else to do. Yeah, I'm on your side, OP. The fact that this is affecting the marriage is bad enough, but the fact that she's also losing the love of her three kids is super troubling. That was our slash true off my chest. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.